Welcome to The Frenzy. I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. And here is our promise to you. The Frenzy is here to change the conversation around age so that you can celebrate all your years rather than lie about them. I'm Melissa, and I was born during an emergency C-section where they weren't sure they could save both me and Millie Pete. Whoa, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I'm Jen, and I always throw Jen off. I'm like, like, yeah, if I can make Jen not continue with her own story. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I've done a good job. (laughs) We're going back to that. No, we always have to. I'm Jen, and sometimes my husband borrows my toothbrush. What? When I freak out about it, he says, but we're in love. He does. He's a grown man and he uses your toothbrush. I yeah. It it leaves me stunned every time. So I'm not the weird one. No. Uh, no, <laughs> I no, no. I don't share toothbrushes with people. I mean, no. I love him. I share all kinds of things with him, but my toothbrush is mine. <laughs> yes, there's some things that you keep to yourself. I will elbow my son for grabbing my toothbrush, <laughs> let alone somebody I'm sleeping with. Come on now. <laughs> Okay, go back to the emergency C-section. I did not know how that yes. brought you were you were brought into the world. I was brought into the world in trauma. So, in like a lion, hopefully out like a lamb is what I say. But my mother got a toothache during the last month of her pregnancy. And now this is back in 1970, right? So, there were medications being used that were harmful to children. I think prior to that there was some kind of sleeping pill that they were giving pregnant women that caused deformities in their babies. Oh no. Um my mother was like, "I don't want to take anything until this baby is out. And so she started developing a toothache and she thought, I'm not going to the dentist. I'm not going to, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. And it got so bad that she's like, I can't, I can't not go. And so she went to get a tooth pulled and then went into labor that night. (gasps) The medications were still in her system. And so her blood wouldn't clot. And I was having problems coming through the canal and they were like, we need to do a C-section, but her blood won't clot. But the baby is going to lose oxygen soon. So they basically were in a good, I don't know how long, it probably was only a matter of minutes, but it was this, what are we going to do? Because we can't save the baby and we don't want to put the mother's life at risk. And then apparently her blood clotted or began to clot at the last minute and they were able to get the C-section in and get me out. But it was like a harrowing, say, half hour where they weren't sure whether wow. they, where I was going to make it or not. So, yeah. And then I was in a plastic bubble for the next day. I was the girl in the plastic bubble when I first came into the and world. It makes me think about your mother. Aren't mothers heroic? Oh, my like, gosh. Moms, like, if you have birthed a child, I just want you right now to pat yourself on the back. Like yes. everything you went through to bring that baby into the world. It's just amazing. What's the phrase that you use? You oh, said, in, in like, like a, a lion. In oh, like a, I've never heard that before. Really? Yeah. That has to do with spring. So the idea is mm-hmm. that however spring comes in, and, and now it may be based on something else, but I've always heard it uh, when it comes to spring that if it's in like a lion, out like a lamb, that's the weather. So if spring comes in with a lot of thunderstorms and a lot of, then it goes out very peaceful weather. It was always farming that I heard that phrase. So, yes. Is that it, from being t- from Tennessee? From Tennessee. And my Tennessee. dad was in, was in agriculture. So I guess it was a little, <laughs> bit of, a little bit of farming there, farming. But the idea is that if yeah, it's a balance. So however it comes in, it's going to 
go out differently. So there you Makes go. Makes sense. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up on today's episode of The Frenzy, our featured guest is Chassie Post, a sought-after TV-style correspondent, host, and lifestyle editor who is best known for bringing her upbeat style savvy to women across the country. She is a guest on national television shows like The Today Show, Extra, Entertainment Tonight, E!, Wendy Williams, and so many more. And Chassie covers the hottest trends in all things style. From fashion to design to entertaining, she covers it all. She'll dish about the Oscar red carpet looks. She can incorporate like bold color into your home decor. Millions of viewers have seen her as their go-to style source. And she is going to be the style source for the frenzy coming up today. I mean, her energy. I cannot wait for you to see this woman's energy. If you've not already been familiar with her, she's just a gem. Plus, Jen has a pep talk to get your week started off the right foot. But before we get into it, Melissa Carter. Yes. How are you? What is new with you? I have had a struggle this week as a dog mom. So I know that I post a lot on social media, Melissa Carter ATL, about my cats. But I don't talk a lot about the fact that I'm a dog mom. I have a dog named Gigi. She is 14 years old, we think. She's a rescue. Katie and I, when we were together, got her from Adopted Golden here in Atlanta because she's part golden, but she's part terrier. So she, her face is terrier, her body's golden, and she's kind of mid between in size. So she's, she's a mid sized dog. Sweetest looking dog. Oh my <laughs> she, gosh, she is so sweet. She's always been so gentle and she is. She just has a sweet little spirit about her. Jeez. Yeah, she is a very gentle soul and she has epilepsy. Talk about in like a line, out like a lamb. She was born in a, pu- in a puppy mill environment, she was adopted. And then they discovered she had seizures. She had epilepsy. They gave her back. I think that happened twice to her. Um, So by the time she got to me and Katie, we were like, yeah, we'll take care of this dog. Like, how can you reject this dog because of seizures? And then we experienced the seizures and you get used to it. At first, it's a little traumatic, but you get used to it. So we learned how to take care of her. Angels. Y'all are angels. Well, and well, she, Gigi's Gigi's the angel. And so she has developed the, uh, the nickname Lazarus because she has endured a lot of things. Like I said, her beginnings. And then there was a time when she fell off the bed and she had a slip disc in her back and she couldn't walk and she survived that. And I'm trying to think some other things that we've had some scares with her because Katie and I, even though we're not together, I mean, we still... I mean, our animals are still our animals. So Katie's still involved and in, in, you co-parent a child like, and your animals <laughs> and the animals. Now, we're not the lesbian couple where she takes custody of the dog back and forth because there's a lot of lesbian couples out there that do shifts shared. with animals, shared animals. I take care of Gigi most of the time, but Katie's Katie's in there if something goes wrong. And so in January, Gigi uh, who I can take her. Well, I could take her on a five mile hike, but she wants to pee in the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's that, she's that old lady. So I have puppy pads in a certain area of the house where she's very good about if she needs to go to the bathroom, she goes on there. The reason I know she had blood in her urine is because she'd peed on the puppy pad. And I was like, okay, there's something wrong here. And she developed a little cough and I thought, okay, this is it. So again, because she's about 14 and she's had ailments before this, I'm like, all right, this is it. So I took her to the vet. Then they were very good about pandemic and dropping off in the parking lot and stuff. And so I took her in and they said, she's got a bladder infection, but but we don't see anything wrong with the cough. Like there's no fluid in her lungs. We'll give her antibiotics and move along. The pee cleared up and she was fine, but the cough didn't go away. More than nine lives on this dog. But the cough didn't go away. And then earlier this month, there was a day where she coughed and did not stop coughing. She coughed and coughed and coughed. And Mr. Carter was with me and it kind of scared him a little bit. He was the one that said, Mama, you got to take her to the vet. So scheduled the next morning and they were like, 
we would like you to come in with her. So they did a very good job about making sure everything was clean. I wasn't too freaked out to go to a medical facility during the pandemic. They put me right into a room. There was no waiting. No other people were in there. And it was me and the vet, mask and six feet and everything. And I've been with this vet since I was in my 20s. He kind of felt around and felt a tumor on her neck. And he was like, I wonder if this is what's causing her coughing because they realized there was nothing inside. There's no fluid in her lungs. So it was something on the outside that was causing her to cough. So he said, I'd like to keep her overnight. I want to do a check to see if there's any other tumors. So when I came home without her, Mr. Carter was not happy about that. He had already suffered the loss of his cat last year. I had a 20-year-old cat that passed away and his grandmother died last year. He has a good relationship with God and he he understands heaven. He has his own definition of what happens, but he doesn't want anybody to leave. He was upset. So I had to explain to him about tumors. I said, I'm just going to be honest with him. And I said that, you know, there are good tumors and bad tumors. We don't know if she has good tumors or bad tumors. And then I said, and I told Jen this, I told him that doctors are the ones who get to talk to God. I said, I don't know if he knew that. He said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, doctors actually get to talk to God. So doctors do everything they can to make you feel better. But if there's a case where you're not going to feel better, then they talk to God and God makes the final decision on whether they get to stay or have to go to heaven. (laughs) That is so brilliant. I I truly think you need to write a children's book based (laughs) on just that idea that randomly popped in your head as you're trying to explain this to your son. That's me pulling it out of my ass. That's exactly what that was. It's so good good because it helps them understand it a little bit better on how an animal could go to heaven at the vet's office. I told him it's God's decision if our vet has to call him. Mr. Carter was very anxious. They found another tumor, a bigger tumor inside her spleen. Mm. And so the vet said, I think she's healthy enough to endure surgery, but this spleen is going to rupture and she's going to bleed to death if we don't do it. So do you, do I have your permission to go? I said, he said, I want to try. And, and like I said, I have a long relationship with this vet. I'm like, well, if he thinks she can make it, then I'll, yes, go ahead. You know, Katie and I'll figure out the cost. They took the spleen out. While they were in there, they also found another tumor and they took that out. She survived the surgery. And he said, I'm going to send off the tumors to the lab to see what kind of tumors they are. He said, but I'm going to send her home to you tomorrow because I feel like an animal heals better at home than here in a cage. Mm -hmm. So I said, great. Thinking, oh my gosh, she's going to be in so pitiful shape. I'm going to go there. We're going to have her wrapped, you know, in swaddling clothes and bring her to the to sure. the car. Damn, she didn't walk. She's walking right to I'm... me. Yeah, she's walking, walk to the car. Wonder Woman dog. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this dog. I get her in the car and she's sitting up. She's watching as we're driving, like everything's okay. And then we get in the house and she walks up the stairs and she's fine. She's, you know, and I give her antibiotics anyway. So that happens for about two weeks. Then the antibiotics end. And then I notice there's a plateau. She started eating again. She didn't eat for a few days because the anesthesia and because the medicines. Uh, but she started eating again. She was drinking water the whole time. And she kept eating and, and drinking, but she started acting drunk. And she started falling over. And she started tripping on herself. And she couldn't. And I was having to physically carry her up the stairs and physically carry her down the stairs because my bedroom's upstairs. And, so and what, I, does that, what does that mean when a dog starts acting like that? You just know something's wrong? Something's wrong. So okay. usually when... At least in our litmus test is if they're still eating and drinking, then that means they're still mm-hmm. they're still wanting to live. They're still surviving. A, a, an animal will stop eating and drinking if they know that something is terribly wrong. She was still eating and drinking. I thought, well, this may this may be it. Like you know, she's an old lady, and 
you know, like for instance, my mother had surgery at 91 and then, but she never fully recovered from the surgery and, and she passed. So I'm like, this could be the same thing where she's an old lady and she made it through the surgery, but is she going to fully recover from it? So I'm, again, I'm thinking, all right, this is it. This is it. I told Katie, Back I said, to the I, vet. I said, I can't physically lift this dog this much. I live alone. And I said, this is too much. And Katie said, well, I'll, I'll take her because Katie has a backyard. She said, let me run her in the backyard and see if it improves. If not, we'll take her to the vet. Katie took her and she didn't improve that much. And Katie and Mr. Carter slept on the couch so that she didn't have to go up the stairs with her while she's on the floor. Long story short, took her to the vet and he watched her bump into things and fall over and everything. He took her stitches out uh, because they were getting a little irritated. He said... Well, let me run some labs. And he said, well, she's recovered. You know, her red blood cell counts back to normal, that all her functions are back to normal. She her weight was fine. Her she had no temperature like <laughs> all the labs were perfect. And he said her white blood cell count is just a little elevated, meaning her immune system is fighting something. And he said, so what we're going to do, we're going to aggressively hit this. And he gave me more antibiotics. This is yesterday. This this vet visit that I'm telling you about. She came home with me. And I slept on the couch last night because she was too weak to go up the stairs and I was too weak to carry her up the stairs. So I slept on the couch last night. I almost missed this taping because I slept late. <laughs> and um, she was up meeting breakfast this morning. Up, you know, walk around. This Wonder Woman dog. Lazarus. That's what we call her is Lazarus. We would give her all these opportunities anyway. But because of Mr. Carter. Yeah. We're like, we want to give, if, if we can do something, we'll give that dog every chance in the world. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time for her to go to heaven, when God finally calls her, we can say there is no reason to be upset. Like we she had every opportunity and she took advantage of every opportunity and she stayed here as long as she possibly could. There's something about children and animals and that sweet connection that they have together. So see, the frenzy is where you can get real about what is going on at this stage of life. It's not always easy or pretty, but we celebrate all of it. A 51 year old. Yeah. A 51 year old that sleeps on the couch is different than when I was 18 and sleeping on the couch. (laughs) So. (laughs) So my question to you has ha- have you subscribed to the frenzy if you haven't it is completely free there is no reason why you shouldn't no we're not going to guilt you through that but if you have subscribed to the podcast which we know several have thank you so much we want you to tell a friend because i mean the conversations we just had were you know we're women talking to women with real stories and we want everybody to take part so please tell your friends about the frenzy subscribe to the frenzy uh, we appreciate it very much We are going to learn how to spice up your style with Chassis Post in just a minute. But first, let's thank our sponsor. Cancer sucks. And finding out your best friend, coworker, or family member has cancer sucks even more. You think, what can I do to help? The answer is Kick It Pajamas. Designed by cancer survivors and caretakers, Kick It Pajamas is clothing for those undergoing cancer treatment, either in the hospital or in chemotherapy. Their pajamas and clothing are stylish, comfortable and functional for IV lines and other medical treatment. Go to kickitpajamas.com to stylishly dress your loved one for their battle. With every purchase, a portion of proceeds goes to supporting cancer research and support groups. kickitpajamas.com. Let's kick cancer off the planet. 
Our featured guest today is Chassie Post, a TV-style correspondent, host, and lifestyle editor who is well-known for bringing her upbeat style savvy to women across the country. As a guest on national television shows such as GMA, The Insider, Access Hollywood, Live with Regis and Kelly, CNN, The Steve Harvey Show, and more, Chassie covers the hottest trends in all things style. So it is our pleasure to introduce to you our new, best, and most stylish friend. Miss Chassie Post. Chassie Post, welcome to the frenzy. Yay. Hi, ladies. Oh, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited for everybody to get to know you because Chassie and I met years ago, and I'm so excited to reconnect. This is just awesome. We did meet years ago. I'll tell you how I met Jen Hobby, a mutual buddy of ours. We call him BPF, but his name is Brian Patrick Flynn. He was a producer on Movie and a Makeover. We were making over, I'm trying to remember, what we were doing. We were making over part of your awesome living room to create a party. Yes. Girls were coming over and I was the person on Movie and the Makeover saying, so what we did is we added this tablecloth to bring a punch of color into Jen's space. But here's the thing. Jen had the most amazing loft cool situation space in Atlanta didn't need our help at all but it was so much fun and I got to meet her and hear about how she woke up at 3 a.m every morning (laughs) to be on the radio and I was just you know and and Melissa you guys are close buds I mean you know what a light she is and oh my god I'm jealous and I loved loved that loft apartment too I know it was at a it was a challenging time of her life but my then girlfriend's brother came and put the bed together when it at that loft that he put the bed together yeah that was it was a whole like community effort to get Jen in that loft and (sighs) and happy in that space so it was fantastic Uh, it was something we talked about right before we got on air and if you're watching on YouTube you'll be able to see this but Chassie has this big beautiful butterfly behind her in her home. And I said, I love your butterfly. And you mentioned how you love butterflies. And then I said, well, she has inadvertently created the symbol, I think, for women 40 plus, which is you live through all these obstacles. You have all this wisdom. Hopefully you have some kind of self-confidence through that, or at least that's what we're trying to help you with. And then you emerge into this beautiful butterfly for the last few decades of your life. I think you end on such a high note. So Chassie, we started that conversation. They were like, no, we get, we got to get this on, we got to get this on air. So, talk about this. Talk about how you help people feel better about what either what they have on, what they're surrounded with in their homes, how they can be happier the older they get. Golly, I just love it. You know, it's so fun when we're in our heads. It's we have almost no objectivity, right? Like I can't see in myself what when I get in a group and start chatting, what other people can see. And, you know, we reflect that mirror, right? And so I live with about 9 billion butterflies. I have butterfly wallpaper, this thing that you're seeing, if you're watching, it's a reflection in a mirror. I think it was a science project. I mean, I found it on the street in New York City years ago. I picked it up, put it on my wall, and it has become like my spirit animal. But I didn't connect it to this chrysalis and coming out and getting more confident as you experience more, which really is age. I was listening to y'all's Erin Gray podcast, which was awesome. I mean, she's really inspiring. I mean, talk about going out and getting it, you know, I mean, man, how does she fit it all in? Um, But 
I loved that idea that I think Jen was talking about how age is your biggest asset. And looking at it that way, yes, like if I look back and I can look at my mistakes as guideposts helping me to sort of navigate and feeling more confident, no, well, I don't have to do that again versus these massive failures, then look at all the help I've got, you know, just this experience. And I've got to say, I've been thinking about failure a lot lately because I have traditionally been slow to recover. Like I started, I'm an Atlanta girl. I'm actually from Atlanta and my first foray into, you know, the business world is I opened an art gallery in Atlanta and it was so fun. It was so amazing. I loved artists. I loved being around them, but turns out that it was supposed to be a business. Like I was great at bringing people together, but (laughs) (laughs) selling stuff. Huh? And then I decided, oh, you know, maybe I'll also open a gallery in New York. And that's how I got to New York. And I was working with all these young emerging artists and it was heaven, but I didn't know how to sell a painting. And so I, I couldn't fund a museum. So that was short lived. And I was a big failure. But and I licked my wounds for such a long time, like I could feel that shame. Oh, I didn't do it well enough. And I so wish I could take those self-centered decades just in my head. Oh, what did I do wrong? Oh, I should have done this. And just looked at it like, huh, all right, that didn't work. What did I learn from it? Next, because I see people do that all the time. And I'm like, how did you do that? And they said they just did the next right thing. So God, I don't even remember the question, but you got me so excited. You got me so excited about getting out and failing as much as I can now. Like that's my sort of mantra because you're right. We do have some, some signposts along the way. We can learn from the challenges, perhaps the mistakes. So I'm really excited about seeing women who are over 40 trying new things a lot of them are really good at it, right? Like yes. we've learned a thing or two. Absolutely, we have. Now, Chassie, I know that our audience has seen you on the Today Show, has seen you <laughs> hanging out with Wendy Williams. So take us back to this career shift from art gallery to television lifestyle expert. How does that get started? And what's it like to do your job? Art gallery, as I said, if I could not fund a museum. So that crashed and burned. And the only money I ever made once I got up to New York is I started to rent out the gallery space for photo shoots or film shoots. And people would come in and do that. And I didn't know what my next move was going to be. And I was really always inspired by art and fashion and music. And people would come in and they do stuff. And one day the stylist walked in, they were doing a shoot. I didn't really understand at that time that when you see a photograph in a magazine, that there are 47 people standing next to that person (laughs) to make that effortless image, right? I just thought everybody, they knew what to wear and God, their hair looked good, you know, like, so, (laughs) so I didn't get it. And so I saw like 
in that space how there was someone who picked out all the clothing, they styled this person, you know, there was hair and makeup, I saw the magic that happened. And so I thought, ooh, I would love to learn about styling, fashion styling. And so the stylist, um, she was a celebrity stylist and turns out if you're willing to be an intern, people will let you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> free labor. Um, so at the time, I just said, can I learn from you? Can I do you need any help? And she said, Oh, yeah, I need some help. I was her assistant. And so I got to be on my hands and knees and pull up Liza Minnelli's pantyhose for the Vanity Fair shoot. Like I got to do awesome. all of these really, I, she introduced me to this incredible world. And then I love women helping women, right? She was the first person to recommend me for a styling job at Oprah and as when I was branching out. And so I started work as a fashion stylist. And then one day a friend called and said, hey, we're doing this thing on ET. We need somebody to talk about fashion styling and then slip in something about platinum clear gel, <laughs> a secret platinum clear gel deodorant. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. I did it. And I didn't think twice about it. And then one day I was at my um, mother and father-in-law's and my sister-in-law was starting a new magazine at Condé Nast. And I mean, I don't know what channel this Entertainment Tonight thing ever came on. I never saw it, but we were sitting there and the darn thing came on and she was like, huh? Oh yeah, we need somebody to do TV for our magazine at Condé Nast. You should do it. And I'm like, what? I didn't even know that was a job. I didn't know editorial television was a thing that people came on TV and talked about stuff. That worked out. And that magazine, I don't know if might remember it, but it was called Domino Magazine. Yeah. And it was sort of the first lifestyle magazine that was for real people. That was my job to show up and translate what was in the pages of the magazine onto television. And so that meant today, GMA, every kind of show. And then that's how I got to Jen with moving a makeover right. because we were talking about how your home can make you happy. How do you get out of a style rut, whether that's your home, mm -hmm. maybe your home, maybe your homes was designed 20 years ago or 30 years ago, and it's just kind of what you've had, but you know, it needs updating or your personal style, your closet. H how do you bust out of a rut and find a new style? That's a really great question because I feel like I'm in a rut all the time. I've got to say, like, really, I, no way. Yes, as we all know, like what one thing I have learned a thing or two is especially with social media, right? This whole idea of compare and despair. What I've been wearing for the past year is a pair of like $14 Amazon leggings that I showed on the Today Show. And then my friend was like, oh my God, well, you know what changed my life? My mother sent me a pair of Spanx exercise leggings. And I was, she said, at first I was offended. What was my mother trying to say to me? But now I can't take them off. You really ought to get a pair. So everyone has been in a style rut. How do we change it? By trying one little thing. People might see my apartment. And they're like, oh my God, I've got to wallpaper my entire house with butterflies. No, you don't. <laughs> like you can see that and say, I'd like to try a little pattern in my house. Huh? Well, there are tons of ways to do it. You could do one wall. You could do a door. You could do the, you know what I've seen a lot of people do during COVID? They'll take a bookshelf and they'll wallpaper the back of a bookshelf. I think with my home, I try to do what makes me happy. And luckily my husband doesn't notice. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
And then with style, it's the same thing. Jesse, I wanted to ask you one more question, and then we're going to yeah. get into our Frenzy Five, which is like our rapid okay. fire questions. But the last one is during COVID, all of us have to be on camera more, and you're on camera every day in your segments. So, how do women have more confidence on camera if it's just on their Zoom calls for work? Number one, I learned if you're on Zoom, there's a filter. There's a little toggle that says, oh, cool. in, what it, it's called is? something. Yes, it's called. It's a year. Are you serious? Oh my God. It is. <laughs> it's a game changer. hundred <laughs> percent. It's called. And I think the toggle, like it's the worst name. It's called improve my appearance or something. I'm like, <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> it could just be called filter, but. Oh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to tell you guys, because that is how I was thinking today when, like when you guys invited me, I'm like, oh, I'm such a work in progress. Like, what could I even share today? And that is going to help your viewers and listeners. The Zoom filter. It's okay. next level. Two, lighting. You couldn't tell from me from it today, but it makes a really big difference if you're in front of natural light. We are shooting everything like with all my TV stuff. We shoot everything from home for the past year. Like talk about learning curve. I'm a lighting tech, art director. I mean, everything. And I mean, I can hardly text. That's how low, (laughs) (laughs) low tech I am. (laughs) I mean, the adventures in home broadcasting. So I've learned a little bit. There are all these great little like, clip on lights, you know, just like a little light. It's great to have a little light in front of you. And they've got lights that clip onto your computer. You can take a lamp and just put it in in front of you if there's not natural light. I notice when I think, gosh, my friends look so gorgeous today on this Zoom. What's going on? That they're typically sitting up in front of a window. They figured that out. My windows, then you'd have to see all my house, which means I would have to clean it. So, you know, I, I sacrificed beauty for cleanliness. <laughs> and then two, I tell you a bright color, but number one, if you're zooming that zoom filter, I will tell you, don't even get me on FaceTime. There is no way <laughs> I've ever, ever managed to look attractive on a FaceTime call. <laughs> Period. I doubt, I doubt that's true, but okay. It is a hundred percent true. And I haven't even figured out all those filters on Instagram. Like, Oh, don't get me started. Ladies. <laughs> Do you have a forum? Can can your <laughs> listeners and viewers help direct? Oh, yes. so I'm sure we'll get to learn. lots of advice. Okay, Chassie Post, let's do the Frenzy Five. You ready? Okay. These are just rapid fire off the top of your head. All right. Number one, where is your cozy, happy place? Bed. I love my bed. <laughs> I love my bedroom. It's got another insane wallpaper in there. It just makes me happy. Number two, what's your favorite framed thing in your home? Well, it's not technically framed, but I do love that butterfly. And I have a lot of art in here. A lot of, a lot of Georgia artists in here, by the way. I have a piece by Carolyn Carr that I love. Oh, maybe you can even see it in the window. Sharon Shapiro. This artist, Rita Ackerman, who I love. I love artists. Awesome. And all women you just named. Love that too. Yes. You know, I love women artists. Okay. Number three, what's your most memorable birthday? That's a great question. It's going to be my next one because I figured out both my husband and my son forget my birthday all the time. This past Christmas, my son just turned 16 
shocking. I can't believe it. I'd still call him. Oh, I just had had a, a child. And they're like, Oh, how old is he? And I'm like 16. And they're like, God, you talked about him like he was <laughs> a newborn. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, Oh, yes. Well, maybe that. Like, yes. I'm so young and vibrant. My newborn. They always forget. And so my husband's a musician and my son is a little musical theater guy and loves to sing. And so I'm made, made, I asked nicely that they would for Christmas, if my son would make a recording of one of my favorite songs. And I asked, I think for my prior birthday, they didn't do it or they forgot. And the Christmas (laughs) before they forgot. And then finally, they did it this Christmas. So my birthday's coming up and I'm going to ask for the same thing. So it's going to be my favorite to see that little or huge young guy now expressing himself. Oh, I know. Oh, I love that. Okay. Number four, what's a daily routine or ritual you stick to? I started meditating thanks to my friend, Susie Yaloff Schwartz, who was the executive editor at Glamour. She was the one who did what I did at Condé Nast for Glamour. She was on TV all the time and she left, moved to the West Coast and started a new app called Unplug. So she told me about her app. All you have to do is push a button every day. You get, she would be a great person for your podcast. Talk about transformation. She is a powerhouse. So she opened, before all this COVID, she opened a meditation studio in LA called Unplugged that was sort of like the soul cycle of meditation. And then she did an app. So every morning I get an email with a different meditation teacher, short, manageable meditations. And I love it. I have been practicing that consistently. And when she told me about it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't meditate. I'm too high strung. And she's like, yeah, that's, (laughs) you're the type of person who can most benefit from this practice. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. And they have them for under five minutes. And I appreciate her sharing this idea. And last one, number five, what fashion trend did you jump on? I am a maximalist. So anything with sequins, color, pattern. I love anything from the 70s. I love Tom Ford's 1995 collection for Gucci, which was a take on the sexy Studio 54 70s. I love vintage. Awesome. Thank you so much. What a joy this has been. Are you kidding me? You guys are the joy. We would love to have you back. So if you ever get back to town to come visit family or friends, you have got to let us know because we want to take you out. We will wear something with sequins. That's right. You guys, maybe a butterfly. Thank you for making my day. Thank you for including me. And congratulations. Congratulations on all that and dim sum. (laughs) That was a great name, right? That was so close. We have so many great names. We were like, we don't know how even how to make dim sum. So we can't name our podcast that. Oh, my God. You guys are so good and so inspiring. (laughs) Thank you for sharing this with me. And thank you for celebrating all of us who are just trying to figure it out, right? right. Works in progress. No finish line. That's right. (laughs) Thank you. Have a beautiful day. All right. You too. Bye guys. Is there a topic you'd like to hear us talk about here on The Frenzy? Just email us, melissa at thefrenzy.com or jen at thefrenzy.com. 
The Frenzy will be back right after this. The Frenzy is throwing you a pink moon pajama party. It's our first ever event virtual this year, of course, and we're only allowing the first 100 VIPs inside. There will be dazzling prizes, games with a real Hollywood game show host, a dream expert, and psychic readings. Jen and I cannot wait to party with you in our PJs on Saturday, April 24th at 8.30. Pajamas are mandatory. You must bring something pink and enjoy something to drink. Makeup, of course, optional. Champagne suggested. But why is it called Pink Moon? Well, the Pink Moon is upon us. April's full moon rises on the night of Monday, April 26th. Traditionally called the Pink Moon, this full moon is also a spectacular supermoon. So the perfect time to have a party. So how do you get inside? Well, you first subscribe to the Frenzy email list at thefrenzy.com. That's spelled F-R-I-E-N-D, like friend com. You got to do this by April 16th. That's a Friday. And then you'll get an email inviting you to the party with a Zoom link to follow. It's that simple. Again, go to thefrenzy.com, sign up for our email list by Friday, April 16th, and we will then see you at our first ever Pink Moon Pajama Party on April 24th. Okay, friends, let's grab a quick question out of the You Don't Know My Life box. Yes. And my question for you today, Jen Hobby, is limousine story go. Oh, I have a good one for my 21st birthday. Okay. Okay. So I turned 21 while I was at Florida State University. Go Knowles. Had so many fun friends there. And my mom and dad actually surprised us, I think because they didn't want us going out and driving anywhere. (laughs) They surprised us with a limousine. Was at my apartment with my friends and sure enough, pulled up this stretch limo and we all were decked out. You know, everybody that was 21 already before me was ready to go. They were like, "We're this is initiation time. And at Florida State, there is a strip of bars that you do. Oh, and they called it something. The Waltz. They called okay. it the Waltz. And it, <laughs> the cute. street was called Tennessee Street. Okay. Well, all right. As it should so be. So it was the Tennessee Waltz. And that's what hey! you did on your 21st birthday. Hey, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the limo took us to Bullwinkles, which is an infamous bar at FSU. And it was the place that was the hardest to get into. Like you could not get in there with a fake ID. If mm. you got a fake ID during school, you would never go try to use it at Bullwinkles because they would take it. So it was truly the place you could only go when you turn 21. So I remember everybody dressed. I remember there being boas, you know, (laughs) costumes, you know, very excited. Everybody like all dressed up probably in like platform wedges because that was the shoe. And, you know, uh, we call them skinny black pants, like sorority pants is what they were called at FSU. Anyway, everybody's all dressed up and we went to Bullwinkles and then you would just go down the line and there was little bar after little bar after little bar. And on your 21st, of course, everybody buys you all kinds of drinks and everything else. And I'm certain I barfed at the end. That's my favorite favorite limo story. I I don't remember the end of the night, but I remember the beginning like it was yesterday, like my closest friends like Bridget and Katie and Shay and my old roommate, Christy, and just all of us having the best night. So much fun. Your turn. Limo story. Limo story. It was my high school graduation. Okay. So now this is sweet. This is uh, 
I'm underage. So, I mean, this is years ago, so let's not judge anybody based on this. But I was 18 and my brother and sister, who were 10 years older than I am, so they were in their late 20s at this point. They're the ones that got me the limo for my friends. But they also did not let us go by ourselves because we were 18. They sat in the front with the limo driver. They gave us privacy in the back, but they also provided us with the alcohol needed. Okay. And there were, I was, I was not as much of a drinker as I was a, um, partaker of the herb. Uh, so I was a pot smoker in high school. (laughs) So, and again, this is 1988. So it was very illegal back then. And so (laughs) that was also provided. You are breaking the law. Yes. And my parents are in heaven now. So that there's nobody, they're not, nobody's gonna get in trouble (laughs) for this. (laughs) Exactly. You can tell these stories now, but yeah, my brother and sister provided what we needed and provided the limo and their thought was, well, you're, you're all going to go do that anyway. You're all going to go find your alcohol. You're all going to go find your pot. And so we're going to allow you to have a good night and be safe. And so we all, and it was just us driving around. And I'm thinking, gosh, Columbia, Tennessee, how much was there to do for us in a limo? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there's a trip through the Taco Bell drive through Right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> no wonder we didn't go anywhere because it's in Columbia. But anyways, <laughs> so everybody else is drunk and I'm stoned. Anyway, hanging out the top of the limo. And yeah, that's the, that's my limo story that I got. I've been in limos as adult, but it's something like you said about maybe your first time in a limo or you you feel like you're getting away with something. Maybe I don't know, but yeah, my eighteen. I know I probably shouldn't tell that story, but my brother and sister, if they see this, be like, "Why the hell did you?" I'm like, "Well, you're you're sixty. <laughs> I'm fifty. There, I, there's no, I mean, what, what's going to happen? The the statute of limitations is already over. So, um, I'm a proponent of the legalization of marijuana. So there's. You I are absolutely believe that that it should not be illegal. I think there's medicinal purposes to that that could be used as opposed right. to narcotic painkillers, and I think that it should be legalized and used instead of some other drugs. Mm, I don't think I agree with you. I mean, I agree on the medicinal use of it. I think folks with seizures or kids or anybody that can benefit from it from a medical condition. And I also hate like how our jails are full of people that just smoked or sold pot because I think that seems a little weird. Right. That they don't need, I don't think, as to be in prison that long. But I also think that there's a real danger in making it a free-for-all. I'm conflicted about it just because I think that I saw a lot of people, especially in college, who I think were addicted to it. I don't know a lot about the science or the research behind a potential addiction, but I just know what I saw from experience. And I saw people who had great potential, who were incredibly smart, just waste their life getting high all the time. I mean, that point is valid. I guess I don't see it as any different than alcohol. I would rather be in a room full of stoners than a room full of drunks. Because I think that there's a lot of things that happen under the influence of alcohol, especially to women, that would not happen if people were influenced by marijuana. Alcohol tends to make you aggressive, and marijuana tends to not do that. See, it's a frenzy. We get real. We get real. We just just talk about real stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So there's your limousine stories. (laughs) So now Jen Hobby has your mirror mantra. This comes with a little story. 
I saw a sign posted in this little local shop in Sedona, Arizona. I was out there visiting with my husband. We celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary this year. Congratulations! And Sedona is where we went on our honeymoon. And when we were there on our honeymoon, we were joking around and said, all right, if we make it to 10 years, we're coming back here because we love this place so much. So made it to 10, went back. It was beautiful. And so we're just kind of wandering around into these little shops. And there was a sign hanging outside the shop and it was hand painted. And I kind of glanced at it thinking it was going to be like live laugh love you know one of those like or with like a sweet little quote on it what it said on the sign really got my attention it almost took my breath away a little bit because i had never seen this phrase before but the sign read you are responsible for the energy you bring into this space Mm. and i was like wow That's really powerful. You are responsible for the energy you bring into this space. Now, if you've ever been to Sedona, you know it's a very woo-woo place. Yes, (laughs) hippie-dippie, yes. All about energy. The vortexes, Jen. It's about the 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 energy vortexes that are there, yes. It really is a very special place. So if you are like me and you're into all that stuff, you will love Sedona. It already is about energy, but I thought putting it back on each individual as their personal responsibility was really interesting to me. So I want you to just think about it this week as you walk into a room, as you walk into your house after work, or as you walk into work, or as you enter a new space, you are responsible for the energy you bring into that space. I think you can use it as a mirror mantra for yourself in your day. Like I am responsible for the energy that I bring into this day. And I think you can also serve this up to others in your mind who aren't serving the energy of that space, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times we as women can adjust our energy level to the people around us. So somebody's moody and low and cranky and whatever, and you feel like somehow you've got to dim your light to match theirs, right? right? It's like, no, no, no. Remember this week, they are responsible for the energy they bring into this space. And you Mm -hmm. are also responsible for the energy you bring. So don't adjust to their energy. Why are they in charge? Why are they in charge right. of your energy? Right. So I do love that. And, and I, I have been to Sedona. So yes, it is absolutely, energy is a very important concept there. And I think there is something to that. So that's your mirror mantra for this week. I am responsible for the energy I bring into this space. So I want to tell you about the frenzy. I want to tell you about the frenzy.com. That's the place where you can go and you can subscribe because we send out a newsletter every week that we can deliver you the new episode of the frenzy. Okay. We're taking all the work out for you, right? So just subscribe and then you get it. Then you can also go to YouTube and you can search for the frenzy and there you can see videos of our podcast, extended content, things that may not get into the podcast. We also have the Frenzy Five. If you want to see all the Frenzy Fives we do with our guests, like you just heard with Chassie, that we ask them these interview questions. We have that on the YouTube page. So we have all kinds of ways for you to experience the Frenzy and be part of the tribe. So again, thefrenzy.com, please subscribe. You can also go to YouTube and search for the Frenzy and see us there. And is there a friend of yours who would enjoy this episode? Please share this with her. And if you like this show, you can share about it on your social media. Just please tag us at The Frenzy so we can see it and share it as well. So we would like to take this time to thank some of our listeners. Amanda Stevens, thank you for subscribing and supporting The Frenzy. Tina Lepley, Alexis Rhodes, and Robin 
Bataglia. (laughs) I think it's Bataglia. Robin, Robin, I slept on the couch last night. Okay. (laughs) Take care of the dog. So I'm so sorry. Bataglia. That's a beautiful name. Thank you for supporting the frenzy. And they did not solicit for these mentions and for me to wreck her name. We pay attention. So we, we sought you out. So thank you so much. Soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for Placement Music, written and recorded by Placement Music creative team member Mark Daniels. The Frenzy's graphic design is by Helen Vickers and web design by Caden Jacobs. We want to thank you for your time. We really do appreciate you. Until next week, trust your gut, use your voice, stop, stop lying, lying about, about your age. age. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>